Hey there, it's good to be with you this morning. I'm so glad that you tuned in uh, from home or wherever you are watching uh, with us today. Uh, social media, you know, is great, but we are so looking forward to meeting with you in person on June 7th. Um, our service is gonna be modified for the first few weeks and we are going to be taking some recommended precautions so that everybody feels safe. Uh, we are still gonna be broadcasting on YouTube and Facebook, uh, but there's nothing that can or really should take the place of us gathering together one-on-one -on -one whenever it's possible and worshiping God together. You know, I, th I think about the scripture in Hebrews where it says that God tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And he told that even to the early church who could have risked their lives because of persecution. Because there's something powerful that happens in our heart uh, when we meet together that happens in the spirit in us and happens among us that just can't take the place of a, an electronic connection like this. And really the human heart needs physical connection, not just the electronic connection. So promise me you're gonna make plans for June 7th to be there in person with us. No more watching church in your pajamas. I know because I've done it too. You know, so just make your plans now to get up, get showered, get dressed, brush your teeth, comb your hair. Maybe by then some of us will have an opportunity to get into a hair salon and get our hair cut. You know, I think to myself, so the priorities are kind of mixed up. When they have salons or dog grooming places open where a dog can get groomed and a haircut and a human can. <laughs> so we really, though, we can't wait to see you. So come as you are, whether you have shaggy hair or not, you could, you know, we'll all fit together well. <laughs> so over these past nine to 10 weeks, um, I thank God, we thank God that the gospel has continued to go forth over social media. And really it has gone forth over social media like never before. And so in spite of the world closing down and in spite of the virus, the gospel of Jesus Christ has gone forth, uh, giving people the hope of eternal life into all the earth. And so a pandemic obviously cannot stop it. And in a paradoxical way, it has actually helped to fuel it. Um, because when things start to suddenly hit home, closer to home, like the threat of sickness, the threat of death, you know, the, our finances get rocked and job security is in jeopardy. And, you know, people are wondering, how am I gonna feed my family and pay my bills? Not to mention just all of our favorite sports and entertainment has just completely stopped. Uh, freedoms are hemmed in, you know, we've been in this social isolation thing. It makes us all pause and ask some deeper questions about life. And how many times have you heard here recently the phrase, we are living in unprecedented times? I've heard that hundreds of times. In, in unprecedented times, there are a lot of unknowns. And the thing that happens, I think, in unknowns is it creates just a lot of pain and pressure in our lives and pain and pressure in our lives has a way of making us ask deeper questions. And that can be good because in so many ways, uh, we needed to be shaken and awakened out of our slumber. And when I say we needed to be shaken and awakened out of our slumber, I'm meaning the church as a whole, especially here in America. Uh, the church needed to be awakened from a slumber and it's not the kind of slumber that, you know, good, strong, 
cup of Starbucks is going to fix. I'm talking about a spiritual slumber. And many, many ministers in the body of Christ have agreed that God has uh, caused a shaking in the earth with this pandemic to get our attention, the church's attention. And you might ask, well, why would he do that? And I, I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 26, verses 26 to 29. Uh, verse 26 says, at that time, uh, his voice shook the earth. And God's talking here about when he spoke to the people at Mount Sinai, that was in the Old Testament. But it says, but now he's promised once more, I will not shake only the earth, but I'm going to shake the heavens. And verse 27 says, this phrase yet once more indicates the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. So God is shaking things that can be shaken, things that sometimes that we put our trust in, and it's not him, so that what cannot be shaken, which is the word of God, you know, will remain. And then verse 28 and 29 are so important to go with that verse. It says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and godly fear. Verse 29, for our God is the consuming fire. So I believe that we are in a season where the Lord is beginning to shake everything that can be shaken with the intention to awaken us to make a choice of where we're going to put our heart trust in the things of the world or in the kingdom of God and build our life upon his word and the power of his word and the truth of his word. And so the gospel message uh, is larger than the forgiveness for our sin and our personal salvation, as wonderful as that is and true as that is, it's also called the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom is a much larger narrative that God is working out in the earth along with our personal salvations. So Jesus is coming back, you know, to set up a kingdom, a, a, a 1,000-year millennial reign here on this earth. And, you know, we have often known Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But, friend, he's coming back. Uh, he's coming back for his church as a bridegroom and as a, as a king and a judge. And we need to awaken to these parts of his character as a bridegroom, as a king and a judge and not just the Lamb of God. Because when he comes back as king and judge, he is going to confront his enemies, the Antichrist, Satan, and, his, and the whole world system of lies and deception that has deceived the nations. And he's going to put down all rebellion against God, all ungodliness, all wickedness that goes against the truth. And he's going to bring it all into subjection under his kingdom reign right here on the earth, a rulership of, of righteousness. And, and as a bridegroom, you see, he's coming also for a bride who has her heart engaged, looking to him in love for him, her eyes fixed on him trusting him no matter the cost, just like the way a relationship between a bridegroom and a bride would be. And so he wants to prepare our hearts for this coming. No matter the shaking, he wants us to hold fast to him and know him and look to him. And so this pandemic is an opportunity for the church, I believe, to pause and ask deeper questions about the focus even of the church 
What's the Holy Spirit saying to the church in this season? It's an important question to ask. You know, and I think to myself, we can become really good in the church at serving and doing. And you know, I, I might re reference that as like a horizontal, we're, we're doing all these things outwardly, but in all of our busyness, in our doing, as good as it is, in exchange, it's so easy for us to put our personal relationship with Jesus on hold and just drift away from this tenderness and love for him, you know, that moves our heart whenever we just spend time with him and his word. And, you know, it blows my mind that Jesus really does desire intimacy with us. He really does want intimacy with our hearts. He enjoys fellowship with weak humans. I mean, our love is often weak. Our love is often prone to wonder, if you will, yet he's patient with us and his love is strong and his love is affectionate towards us like a bridegroom would be to a bride. And he wants us to grow in that heart response back to him in love and devotion to him. And I know over the years, I've had to frequently judge myself on this, push the reset button, if you will, you know, because you can get caught up in all the doing of life and ministry and get distracted from your first love. How many of you could say, I've done it? I think we've all, I know we've all done it, but I have, I've often had to ask myself and remind myself, what is it that Jesus really wants with my life? What matters to him the most? In the end, what will really matter? How, how big my church gets or how much influence that I've had in the world, how well known I've become, how many likes and followers I have on Facebook and Instagram. Does it really matter everything that I do for him? And of course, the externals, expressions of my love for him does involve serving. We should be serving people and loving people and reaching people. That's absolutely necessary to serve others. But I think often what happens is it's easier than to focus on that, on the external expressions of our love and not so much what's happening with the internal uh, expressions of my heart to God. And I, I, I want to bring the story of Mary and Martha to you today because I think this illustrates this so well. You know, Mary and Martha lived in Bethany, and which is a small village near Jerusalem. And Jesus would travel in that area a lot. And Martha, as we see in the story, welcomes him into her home. So this is going to start this in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Mary, or I'm sorry, named Martha opened her home to him. Verse 39, it says, and she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. And so it's interesting. I think the Holy Spirit introduces Mary as one who sat at Jesus's feet listening to his word. And so Martha, okay, invites Jesus in, but as we've seen in the story, Martha has her own agenda in mind. And so verse 40, it says, but Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. Now I'm imagining, you know, that Martha's in the kitchen, she's starting to bang around some pots and dishes, 
and uh, you know and meanwhile Jesus is in the living room maybe there's some other people there in the living room and Mary's there in the living room her sister and she's sitting at Jesus's feet listening to what he's saying listening to him and Martha leaves the kitchen you know and she it says this and she came up to him this continues with verse 40 she came up to him and she said Lord is it nothing to you that my sister left me to serve alone tell her then to help me and lend a hand and do her part along with me so you know Martha has this certain kind of boldness like to correct the Lord it's like Lord I know you're loving but you're missing the point here Lord you know that you guys are just going on and on you're talking and nobody's paying attention to what I'm doing out here in the kitchen tell her to come out here and help me and I think Martha gets maybe the surprise of her life when she finds out that she's the one who's missing it that she's the one who gets corrected okay it wasn't the Lord who was going to be corrected but the Lord was going to explain to to Martha something and I think just by the way Martha interacted here, there's, there's like a little bit of self-pity and this victim spirit that comes out. Like, and I think we all could relate to this. Well, I'm just all alone. I'm doing all the work. Nobody cares. Nobody appreciates me. This is always so hard. And we could all just probably go, oops, you know, we've all had that attitude in our serving. And so Martha's like, tell her to come and help me. It's only the right thing to do. And Jesus gives her now the correction he wants her to see something about herself and he doesn't do this in anger he doesn't do it in irritation he's like martha i love you but i want you to wake up to something he wants her heart to gain a larger perspective the narrative of her life okay because he says this to her and what's important in her life verse 41 but the lord replied to her martha martha you're worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. And I, I, I do believe there's a tenderness in Jesus's tone as he's talking to Martha. He said, like, you're worried, you're bothered by a lot of stuff, Martha. And I, this happens to all of us, does it not? It happens to all of us. You know, when things easily bother us, we get caught up, you know, in what other people are doing or what they aren't doing. Are they for me? Are they against me? You know, they should be doing this and, and they should be doing that. And we lose perspective then on sometimes the most important thing that's right in front of us. And this is what happened to Martha. She's missing an amazing opportunity, think about it, to hear and receive from the Lord. He's sitting there right in her living room, right in her house. I mean, here's Jesus in the flesh in her living room maybe just for a couple of hours and she gets all upset because she needs help in the kitchen you know whatever making sandwiches come out and help me make sandwiches like sandwiches are a good idea food is really great hospitality is really great but it can wait like jesus is right here and so jesus is giving you know martha a bigger storyline for her life you know jesus is like saying i'm that storyline I'm the storyline, but because you just get so easily preoccupied with other things, what other people are doing, what people aren't doing, you know, what they're doing to you, what you think they should be doing, you know, and all this bothers you and troubles you and worries you, and you're losing this bigger perspective, this bigger narrative of your life, Martha. And the Lord I, just gently corrects her because he wants her to realize that she's, if she keeps holding on to this mindset, She's going to lose out on so much that the Lord has for her. 
And then, and I think then Jesus really surprises her. He says, you know, okay, Martha, you're worried and troubled about all these things. Verse 42, but only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So he says something about Mary's life that's really important. He says, Mary, you've chosen the one thing, the one necessary thing, and it won't be taken away from you. And I think about Mary's life and, and what Jesus commended her for, for just sitting at his feet, wanting to learn of him, talk to him, uh, have, a have an intimate relationship with him. And, and he said it won't be taken away from her. And so I look at Mary's life and I think, you know, the enemy, just like he'd come against all of us, would try to steal that devotion. Men would try to come and distract her from that devotion, you know. Life circumstances will come and pull our heart away from our devotion to Christ. But Jesus says, Mary, she's going to stay with it. She's going to stick with it. It won't be taken away from her, even for her whole lifetime. And I want the Lord to say that about my life. I don't know about you, but I pray you want the same thing for your life. I want the grace of God in my life, on my life, so that this one thing is never stolen from me that it's never taken away from me. And I don't lose it by all the distractions that there are in life. Or I don't get so bothered and anxious about what other people are thinking about me and how they've treated me or maybe disappointed me. I mean, there are really millions of ways and temptations for this to happen in our life that we get our eyes off of what Jesus says is really the most important thing, our relationship with him, our heart connection with him. And, and he doesn't want our heart to be pulled away. And so that's where Martha lost her perspective. You know, sometimes we serve for the sake of man's eyes on us. And if, if you're helped and you're applauded and you're recognized, then all that's all great. But if not, then, you know, sometimes it can just start to bother us. And that's what happened to Martha. She got troubled and upset in her heart. And when our mindset is like that, it's often a reflection that people and circumstances and the way others look at us are where we're getting our source of security, our source of worth, and it's and not the Lord. And God wants us to change that perspective. So when people you know, don't do their part as we expect, or here comes you know this troubled mindset again, or a bothered mindset, and it can linger in our mind and heart for days. It can linger for weeks, it can linger for months, and sadly, it can even linger for years. Sometimes we just get stuck on things and disappointments and delays that happen in our life. Things don't turn out the way we, we think they should have and the timing that they should have. And uh, this is just so natural for all of us to do in the flesh. We have to really work through this with the Lord. And so when my heart isn't connected like Mary's, like if I'm not just taking some, some time to just read the word of God and stay close to him, like letting, letting the word read me and talking to him, having a conversation with him around the truth in his word, the love of God, you know, that he has for me. Uh, I can lose perspective. You can lose perspective. And it gives an opportunity when we don't have this kind of connection going with the Lord, and I would say vertical, you know, gives an opportunity for spiritual burnout to happen through the disappointments and dullness in our spirit to just take over and then sinful attitudes, you know, start to take root and, you know, we anger, lust, unforgiveness, just take hold in our heart in a deeper way. And when we neglect 
you know, the one thing that's needed to sit at Jesus' feet and interact with his heart. It's just easier for these strongholds to stay put, strongholds of darkness to just grab our heart and stay there. We can cover it up. We can do a lot of things for God and, and in our busyness, try to ignore it just even through outward acts of ministry and things on the surface that look really good, like what we're doing. But the truth of the matter is, according to this story, Jesus is more concerned about our heart and the state of our heart. And so he lovingly corrects Martha to redirect her heart to the most important thing, the one needed thing. And I, and I have to say this, like this heart redirection, we have to choose it over and over again throughout our life. It's not something that today you recognize and you go, yeah, I'm gonna realign my heart. I have found through my life, 30 years or so of walking with God, it's not something you do once because seasons change over the years. You know, when your finances change, you can go through a shaking. And when relationally things change, you can go through a shaking or maybe your things in your physical health or troubles, disappointments, pressures come and go. It's so easy often to just let those hurts take hold, disappointments take hold in your heart and harden it. It's easy to let the, then the heart starts to grow lukewarm and cold. And so often through the years, I have had to stop and just realign my heart over and over again. Lord, God, give me grace. I want to be like Mary. I want to remember what is most important to you. The one thing, my relationship with you, my love for you. That's the, my one priority. And, you know, I think to myself, sometimes people say, well, maybe that's good for you. Like you're called into ministry, but it doesn't matter your personality, how old you are, how young you are. We can all be like Mary. We can all sit before the Lord and desire to know him and read his word and have it be stirred in our heart and have a conversation like that with God over his word. And I have to say this, like reading the word of God isn't for factual knowledge. We're not doing this like a study and we're gaining intellectual knowledge about God. It's to stir a conversation in your heart with him. He wants fellowship. He wants conversation. He wants your heart, you know, and he is the word of God. And so people say, how do I get to know God? We get to know him through reading his word. Jesus is the living word of God. And so when you sit down and you're reading the word of God, you're having a conversation with the heart of God and he reveals himself to you through his word. And I'm not saying it happens every single time you sit down that you feel like, oh, my heart is moved uh, and touched by God, but it does happen. And if you stay with it, it will happen. Sometimes more than, on certain days than others and sometimes in a larger way than others, but throughout the years, it's important that we make this a priority. You know, and some people would say, well, I'm ADD. I, I, my mind scatters. I can't sit still and do that. But you can just let it scatter to wherever it goes. Like let it scatter to another place in scripture and then help have your mind and heart just focus on one scripture even. Make the effort, be sincere in your effort, stick with it. Don't quit, you know, be determined to be like Mary, to sit at Jesus's feet. It's gonna be one of the wisest things you find that you've ever done and you will be glad that you did it in the ages to come. And the thing, but the thing we do have to remember about this because we see it in the story that this was something that Mary chose to do. It's gonna be our choice how much we want 
to know God and cultivate this wholeheartedness with him, to know him. Jesus said Mary has chosen the one thing that was necessary. And so we're going to have to be intentional about it. And it's a decision that you and I are going to have to do over and over again. Jesus won't make you choose him. He wants you to, but he wants you to have voluntary love towards him. And again, I say over the years, I've made sincere commitments to this, but then the busyness of life sets in, ministry work sets in, and my heart gets disconnected and distracted. Uh, and it can be, again, by a number of things, setbacks, delays, disappointments, you know, how pe people treat one another. And I have to realign my heart over and over again. I find myself striving, caring more about what other people are thinking. You know, I'm comparing myself, I'm feeling insecure. Then, then you strive in your own strength more. And I stop, I've learned to just stop and say, oh God, help me, remind me what's number one in your eyes. You know, the one thing that you say is needed is to be like Mary, to sit at your feet in your word. Let my heart, God, I want my heart to be moved you know, by your love for me, not the applause of men. I don't want to be seeking what all this is saying, talking to me. You know, the world will talk to you, but I want to hear your voice talk to me. And, and again, you and I will have to intentionally realign our heart and choose this over and over and over again. And God, I believe, has caused a shaking in the earth to get the church's attention, even specifically on this to get ready for Jesus coming as a bridegroom, for a bride who has a devoted heart to him. Because I believe much of the church has been like Martha. We've, we've gotten really good at doing a lot of outward things. And again, I am not minimizing that. It's not one or the other, but it's the heart set that we even do all of our work for God in that we're, we're aware of the presence of God because we've spent time with him. And so all these other things that happened to us that m maybe would have ruffled our feathers before and gotten us disappointed and angry and in an unforgiving spirit, we can let go because we spent some time in his word. And that time in his word helps us to realign our heart. And I believe that that's what God is doing during this time. I believe that's what's been so helpful during this time of isolation from this pandemic. Uh, I, my prayer and hope is that it's, it's done something of the same in your own heart, that it's realigned some things. I mean, that's why we started out um, before the virus hit, we had two prayer services uh, in a week. We had Tuesday morning and Wednesday, then we added Monday. Uh, because the, the presence of God uh, in those prayer services helps us to align our heart to this very thing. And I believe we're led by the Spirit to do it. And then we added even a fourth with Pastor Ben and Amanda on Thursday. That's that online one. But sitting in an atmosphere like that is helping us to realign our priorities and look to see what God is calling most important. And it's teaching me to hear the voice of God. And it's allowing me to be, to be refined and purified in my heart. See, because the danger is if I don't take time to sit at his feet and read his word, I can get dull to my own sinful ways. I can be, again, doing a lot of things that look good outwardly, but dull in my heart before God and even do things that are offensive to God and offensive 
to others and I don't even realize that I'm doing it. That's the danger. And I believe that's why the Lord is desiring this refinement in his bride in this season ahead. The Lord's calling his church. He wants his church to be more like Mary. And look, look out there at the world and you can just see how dark things are getting. And we are going to need spiritual light. We are going to need spiritual discernment. We're gonna need understanding to recognize the signs of the times and the day and time we're living in and what Jesus is doing what the word of God is foretelling us is coming ahead. We need to know how to cling to Jesus and his word and the truth in his word. And, and remember, in light of everything going on, the one thing that's needed, what's the one thing that's needed to make sitting at Jesus's feet, just like Mary did, a priority. He commended her for it. He will commend you for it. And so now's the time uh, to make the word of God a priority and to intentionally engage your heart with the heart of God. I mean, Jesus loves you. He, and he wants to hear your heart response of love back to him as you read the word of God. He wants to hear that. Uh, I know in some ways, again, it kind of blows my mind that the Lord loves, we, we could say that all day long, he loves us, the Lord loves us, but he wants, he actually desires a heart response back to him of love. And so um, I would say that again, I would invite you to come to our prayer services, the ones particularly that are in person, because there's an atmosphere in the room as we pray and we bring God's word up and we pray the word of God, but we're engaging in the heart of God. And so it helps us again to just realign our hearts with what God says is the most important thing. And so thanks for joining me with this message. I want to close with just two prayers. The first one is for the people listening that feel like, yeah, I'm a Martha. I'm, I'm guilty <laughs> of that. And we all have been guilty of that. You can just pray a simple prayer, something like this, like, Lord, forgive me for letting myself become troubled and bothered by just all the wrong things in life. I'm looking here and I'm looking there and I'm not looking to you enough. I wanna be like Mary, I wanna choose the thing. You said that's the one necessary thing that wouldn't be taken away from her. And so God, I pray you help me with your grace, give me grace uh, and I make a determination Lord today to just realign my heart and God help me in the days and months and years to come, remind me Help me, Lord, to hear you tell me when I need to realign my heart that it needs to stay close to you, that that's the most important thing. And then I want to offer you one more invitation, and that's an invitation to know Jesus Christ. Um, if you are listening to this message today and you wonder, do I even know him? Uh, you can know him. He loves you. He died uh, to give you a new life with him. And so that is really the gospel message that Jesus came to the earth. He died on a cross, paying the penalty in his own blood for the forgiveness for your sins. And by faith, just simply by faith and receiving that forgiveness for your sin, uh, he offers you new life and eternal life with him and a relationship with him. And it's really the most wonderful news that uh, to a person who's lost in darkness and in sin. And so friend, if you know that that's you and you want to give your life to Christ today, Jesus is ready to welcome you with open arms. Just you can bow your head and make this a sincere prayer from your heart and just say, Jesus, forgive me 
of my sin. I ask you to wash me clean by your blood and give me the new life that your word promises and help me from this day forward to live for you. And if you prayed that prayer, that's a simple prayer, but if you prayed it in faith, Jesus, the very life of God came into you and we'd love to help you get established in, in that walk with him. So let us know that if you prayed that prayer. And so I'm just I'm so glad you joined me today and uh, God bless you. And we'll talk to you again soon.